church house. The most important thing is we have an encounter with, with the Lord because encounters with Him is what changes us. You know, you might meet a person in your uh, career that you've chosen or different things like that, and they might have a great influence on your life. You have an encounter with them, and all of a sudden they become uh, your friend or, or your lifelong buddy or someone in the ministry that God connects you with that is important that you didn't know. But it's called an encounter, and that's a, that's a meeting that changes I remember years ago when we went over to England. How many years ago was that? Anybody know? Goodness. 10, 11 years ago. We went over to uh, see Ronnie and, and uh, Christy. And, uh, and we were there for uh, Jesse's fifth birthday. Fifth birthday. And, uh, but we met, really, we had met Jeremy before that, but we met Jeremy and Catherine. And we had an encounter. And so what led to that encounter was them coming over here, being part of the Lord's plan for their life. And I believe since they've came here that they're part of God's big plan, not only for their life, but for this church. And so we have certain encounters that change our life. But the biggest encounter we can have is when we come to a knowledge and an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's places in Scripture where that took place where it changed everything. We have the example of Isaiah, who was a prophet and a great man of God. But one day he had a special encounter because he was praying. Mike has touched on this and various ones of you have in your sharing with on Wednesday nights. But he had a real encounter that changed things. He was a good man. He uh, was respected by the people, but there was a certain day when he was in worship and something different happened. And that different was, not that he didn't know the Spirit of God, but for this particular time, he said, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And if you've seen the Lord and you've had that encounter that have changed everything, then we just want to thank God for that right now because that changed. And if you haven't had that encounter, there's nothing more important. It's the most important encounter. He said, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple. In other words, he saw him in a way that he didn't see him before, although he was familiar with, with the presence of the Lord. That's why you come to church. That's why you encourage one another because there's times where people need that and maybe they just need a whole new encounter with God that they've not been before. So when we're talking about atmosphere, the atmosphere is changing. When you come into God's house, the atmosphere needs to be tailored toward, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, people having an encounter. So I hope and I pray that what we do here causes you to have an encounter with your life because I know that I know that I know, no matter how frail I am, no matter the things that beset us, I know the presence of God and the presence of God is in this place and it's always in this place. Even when I'm flat, even if Jeremy's flat, the Spirit of God is what breaks the yoke off of people. I love the praise and worship today because it spoke about God and it, it made us feel better than when we came in and that's another thing that should happen in the Lord's house shouldn't go out of here beat down. You should go out of here elevated because he wants to elevate us. 
And when we have an encounter with God and see him high and lifted up, it says his glory fills the temple. And he said, woe is me because I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm amongst the people that are unclean. Well, I guess we can all say that. We can make excuses about why we don't do this or why we don't do that or we can't forgive ourselves. And there was an angel present <laughs> and he went with tongs and got a burning coal off the altar and he touched to his lips and he said, I don't care what your problem is. The presence of the Lord is here to change everything. And he said, you're no longer a man of unclean lips. You're a prophet of God. So whatever it is that you lack today, God is willing to give that. He's willing to touch your lips. He's willing to touch your mind. He's willing to touch your heart and not just touch, but move the whole situation around. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That's what he does. That's what the Spirit of the Lord does. That's why we need that encounter. Stephen. Stephen was a deacon. He was appointed as a table waiter in the early church because the apostles were being overwrought by doing things for the church when the church was young and nobody really knew how to do things. They just got in God's presence and the spirit of the Lord spoke to Peter and them and said, listen, you give yourself to fasting and prayer and the things of God, but you need to have help. And he said, seek you out seven men. And the, the requirements were that they be full of the Holy Ghost. So Stephen was a man that miracles followed him around. He wasn't supposed to be this or that or anything else. He was just a man that was full of power and the Holy Ghost. So that shows me that God's no respecter of persons. He's just looking for people that are full of power and the Holy Ghost. Are you full of power today by the Holy Ghost? Amen. So Stephen was the first martyr. You would have thought one of the other guys would have been, but it was Stephen. I want you to go to uh, chapter 7 real quick of the book of Acts. I promise I won't go on and on. I promise. But it's okay if I do. Stephen in chapter 7 of the book of Acts got up and preached this great message where he challenged those that wanted to be in charge. And I want to start at verse 54. He preached. He preached. This is what our reaction should be when we have an encounter with God. We can either accept what he's trying to do or we can reject what he's trying to do in our lives. Look what happens there. He says, he was preaching this sermon. I can't read the whole thing. He says, but when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. That's what the gospel should do. It causes us to make choices. And they gnashed on him, or they didn't actually chew on him, but they, they attacked him with their words, with the words of their teeth. And then read on. It says in verse 55, but he, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost. In other words, Stephen had had this encounter with the Lord to change things in his life. 
He got elected for a certain meeting or appointed, but God took him much farther than he ever thought he could go. And now we're preaching about him and talking about him today because what's it say? It says, being full of the Holy Ghost, this is what he did. He looked up steadfastly into heaven. And if you have an encounter with God, don't forget it. But where do you put your eyes? Where do you put your encounter? Where, what do you ascribe? Isaiah said, I knew him, but I really saw him that day. He saw him in the heavenlies. He saw praise and worship and cherubim worshiping around the throne and everything. God changes lives and he changes perspectives and he changes our spiritual attitude toward things. You don't know how many times I come in God's house and feel a little this or a little that, but man, I'll tell you what heals me. The Word of God heals me, and it happens when I'm in His presence. Anybody know that the Word of God heals? But look what it says. He's being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and look at this, and saw the glory of God. We pray that everybody in here today sees the glory of God in their life. Same thing that happened to Isaiah happened to Stephen. He looked beyond what was all around him. He was being attacked, gnashed on with her teeth, shouted at. But he looked to the place that we need to look for, to sustain our faith and to sustain the way that we live. How many of you know it's tough to live in these times? It's tough. We got to admit that it's tough. But you know what? He bore that on the tree for us. He said, things are going to get tough, but keep your eyes on me. And look what else it says. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand. Jesus standing on the right hand. He said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. That's the same thing that we believe today. In Ephesians, it said, he's raised us up so we can sit in heavenly places with him. Well, he had to go there first. We couldn't do it. He did it, and then he went and took his rightful place. And what is his rightful place in our lives? At the center of our hearts. At the, oh, take your place in the center of our hearts. Come and take your Look what else happened. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. Sometimes you're going to have times in your life where it seems like everybody's against you. But what do you keep your eyes on? It said, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Pretty soon he's going to have an encounter. He even got a name change. How many of you know we're promised a name change? Anybody know where that is? Book of Revelation. We got a lot to look forward to. But anyhow, Saul was the coat holder for those that were stoning Stephen. That's what it says. And it says, and they laid down their clothes at the young man's feet whose name was Saul. You talk about the redemption story. I heard an old, old story 
How Savior came from glory. Sing it. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning and his precious blood atoning. And I repented of my sin and I won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the I almost went into song leader mode there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Which reminds me of a story. And most of you have heard all my stories. After 18 years, you've probably heard every story I've got. I just got to be careful that I don't start making up stuff. Well, I'm going to tell it. After I got saved, I went to a mainline church. Darlene grew up in that church. And somebody noticed I could sing a little bit. And they asked me to be their song leader. And it was one of these. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the same motion, they just say in that same motion, it might go like this. So I was working downtown at the Millennium Stouffer's Hotel then, and I, uh, there was a girl that worked behind the front desk, and she, she kept on talking to me about the Holy Ghost, and I didn't know what she was talking about. I was saved, and I was going to heaven. That's all that mattered. Well, one day she said, well, you just, you just pray this and pray that and see what. Well, one night at work, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. At work. On a break, at work. The Holy Ghost showed up, and I had an encounter, buddy. And I was a bellhop at the time, and I made my money on tips. So money was very important to me. <laughs> I got the Holy Ghost and started speaking in other tongues. And I remember the rest of the guys that worked on the bellhop with me carrying bags and stuff. They thought, what is wrong with you? And you know what I did? I went in there and I had some money in my pocket and I just started giving my money away. I thought, this is crazy. What am I doing this for? <laughs> giving my money away. <laughs> then I went to church on Sunday and to fulfill my usual role, but I didn't know how that encounter was going to affect me. And I got up to lead the worship, and it didn't work. I'll tell you why it didn't work. Because I couldn't get through but three or four words without bawling and breaking out in tears. Because it took a whole different meaning in my life when I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That amazing grace suddenly became amazing grace. 
It was no longer amazing grace. How sweet this is. It was amazing grace. Darlene thought I lost my mind. Then she got it too, so. So it only took a couple of weeks of that, and they were dear, dear godly people. But after a while, they came to me and said, we'd like you to step down as worship leader. They said, you're not a very good worship leader right now. And I said, praise God, I'm feeling this more than I've been. So my first job in the ministry, I got fired from, okay? Don't you guys get any ideas. I'm trying to hurry here. But there's certain encounters that will change your life that'll turn things completely upside down. And so that's what happened. And gosh, I didn't even get to where Paul, but verse 50 says, and they stoned Stephen. But here's what Stephen did, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Saul was standing there watching this all, every bit of it. Now go to chapter 9 real quick. Chapter 9, verse 1, Olivia. And Saul, Saul, remember what he saw? Saul, Saul? He was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, and he went unto the high priest. Keep going. This is the guy that had all the coats stacked up there. And desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogue. He wanted permission to go in to the synagogue. That if he found any of them this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Paul went to the religious leaders and said, we got to do something about these people that are full of the Holy Ghost. They're tearing things up, messing things up. And then it said, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from where? From heaven. You talk about having an encounter, he was there to mess up and persecute and wreak havoc on the saints, but God had a special purpose for him, and he went from a persecutor of the church to a great champion of the church because he had an encounter with God that he didn't expect to happen. Why did God choose Saul? I don't know, but in God's sovereignty, he decided that he wanted him to be his mouthpiece because he was learning. There was a bunch of different reasons. But what changed him? An encounter with God. And that's what some of you have had in here today, an encounter with God. And you need to walk in that and stay on that. So suddenly there was a light. Go ahead, Olivia. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, unto him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He had never made the, the connection that there was a higher thing than the law or a higher thing than what he wanted to do. And for every one of our lives, when we have an encounter, God's always got a higher thing. He wants to take us to another place. He wants to move the foundations. Don't let anybody tell you you're not capable of something. In God's eyes, you are capable. Let me read just a little bit more. And he said, who art thou, Lord? 
See, he's still in. He said, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks of the goads. Goads are stirrups. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Go on. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? What's he having? He's having an encounter. I mean, it's even more dramatic than Stephen's, if that's possible. But what was the common denominator? The Holy Spirit and him looking into heaven and getting his advice from heaven instead of the law and the Pharisee. He had an encounter with God. Wow. And the Lord said unto him, Okay, arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Some of you are new in your walk with the Lord. Some of you have been at it a long time. Some of you don't know what direction you should take. Well, here's Paul. He was heading in one direction. His horse got put in a stall, and look what happened. And he said, what do I, what do, I do now? He can change the biggest sinner, the biggest non-believer, into someone that just says, Lord, what would you have me do? right now by the power of the Holy Spirit and he said okay go into the city and you shall be told there what you must do go ahead and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless anybody ever got saved in here and the people that knew you before were just kind of speechless about who you were it's a personal encounter is what it is these guys were in the presence but they didn't know what was going on because the Lord was seeking him out. He said, they hear a voice, but they saw no man. Keep going. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him in to Damascus. Keep going, Olivia, if you would. Thank you. And he was there three days without seeing. Sometimes when we first come to a knowledge of the Lord, things are kind of muddy. We don't know how we're supposed to live. Well, God's got that. And neither did he eat or drink. Go on. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. Now Ananias was a prophet. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. You talk about an encounter. He went from killing people to praying because he was struck blind. And sometimes we hit walls in our life and things that just seem to really knock us back. But we got to keep our eyes on him. Paul knew one thing. He was blind, but he's about to see. He's about to see. Ananias comes on the scene. He was already listening to God and the Holy Spirit. But look what happens here. Go ahead. And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Go ahead. Then Ananias answered, said, Lord, I've heard by many of this man and how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. That was his reputation. Not only does he change things, he can change your reputation too. He's a restorer. You know why? Because the song said that he became a man of no reputation. He bore our sins that he might restore our reputation. And here, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Go ahead. But the Lord said unto him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children 
of Israel. Sometimes you might not understand what God's taking you, but if you follow it on out and work, walk it on out and receive that encounter and let, let it sink way down deep into your spirit, you will do things that you never thought would happen in your life. Can I get an amen on that? Last scripture, or maybe not. Go to chapter 22. I am going to finish up. Verse 11. Oh, you can stay there. Thanks, Luke. Oh, okay, never mind. Paul recounting now. He's James, he says he's describing his encounter with God. And he said, when I could not see for the glory of the light, for the glory of the light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came in to Damascus. And then he goes into the same story about Ananias and having hands laid on him and things. Then you go down to verse 20. And he confirms even what they were afraid of him for. And he says, And when the blood of a martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consented, consenting unto his death. You know what this tells me? No matter what's happened in our past, no matter what the enemy uses for, against us for guilt, and you can't do this and you can't do that, that's in the past. He said, look what I've done. I was a murderer. I was one that persecuted the church. But when I had that encounter, just like Isaiah and just like Stephen, when I had that encounter, he said, the glory was so thick that I couldn't see for the light of the glory. And he said, I was even considered unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. Our past is past. Paul could use what he had done in the past as a great testimony to the power of God. You know what we need to be? We need to be glory seekers. We need the things of God to move us and make those encounters seem important. The last scripture, you all know this, and I promise this will be the last. No, go to the book of Hebrews, one of my favorite scriptures. Now, three things I want you to remember. When Stephen, God gave him the power, the glory surrounded him, and he looked into heaven, and what did he see? He saw Jesus. Paul, in his encounter, what did he see? He saw the glory of God. Even though he was blind, he saw the glory of God. Well, we're about to see the thing that sustains us as Christians all through this. But would you go back to verse 1? I drive her crazy back there. But she's up to the task. Wherefore, seeing we are also come. This is Paul writing this now. Used to be Saul. He said, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Any decision that you made in here today or rededication or any encounter has been witnessed by other people. Let me say this to you. Stay in fellowship. Stay in fellowship because it's important. 
when we hit rough times to stay in fellowship so that people might encourage. Paul needed Ananias to carry forth God's plan. Look at that. Ananias was part of God's plan. You're part of God's plan. Sometimes we all got to listen to what God's saying and have people reinforce that and support us in it before we know the next step to take. God will use his plan how he wants to use it. But the point is, he wants you to see the glory of God. And it says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily. But this is Paul talking. Every word that he wrote, every epistle he wrote, he had to write it with the knowledge of what people's opinion was of him. Think about that a minute. They were afraid of him. Can you imagine him showing up and saying, I'm going to the synagogue? Well, he was going before to kill him, but the next time he goes, he's going for a whole different purpose. And that's what God can do in our lives. Stop us right on the road to where we're going and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Last verse. Looking unto Jesus, Stephen did, Paul did, we did, we do. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where Jesus is. If you belong to Jesus today, that's where he wants you to be. He wants you to know that if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, that he's made a place for you in his presence. And in his presence is joy. In his presence is peace. In his presence are all the fruit of the Spirit that's going to come alive in our lives. Goodness and patience, all those good things. That's what he has to offer. But we got to keep our eyes fixed on the prize, which is in the heavenlies. That's our ultimate destination, is the heavenlies. It's not this. I'm thinking of the dear saints from this church that have passed on since I've been here. I mean, a bunch of them. Some of them were, were of age. I mean, I could go around this room and see, well, listen, they're with the Lord. If they were part of this church, you couldn't sit in this church very long without hearing the gospel and making a decision about which way you're going to go. So many have went on, but now they're part of that great cloud of witnesses that are rooting for me and you to cross the finish line and say, I kept my eyes on him. Though I couldn't see, though I was blind, I'm keeping my eyes on him because that's where I want to finish up. Amen. Amen.